Hello and welcome to the Dustin Eric Podcast Show brought to you by Mosa Networks. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Dustin. And today we're on episode number 20, DFS. Uh, advice on duty-free shopping and how to get the best deals at the airport. That's muy importante when you're at the terminal. Um, I think that we're actually talking about um, DFS. You know, dynamic frequency selection. Yes. But, you know. Let's do that instead. All right. So today's not special guest is Jeff Jones. Hello. You've seen him before. He is special guest. No, special. He, he says wow. he's a not a special guest anymore. So I am with a w- woodwork. He, he's more of a, a full-time member of this cast, I think. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. The yeah, Dustin, Eric, and Jeff podcast show. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right, so we'll move right into today's main course, uh, DFS, Dynamic Frequency Selection, and why you need to respect DFS on wireless links, 5 gig, 11 gig. So um, let's get right into it. So what is Dynamic Frequency Selection? And why is it important to us? So it's part of uh, spectrum sh- sharing, primarily in the 5 gig. Because um, the wireless lands uh, need to co- coexist with uh, with uh, qualifying uh, radar signals. So, what kind of radar signals are we talking about? Yeah, what kind of radar specific signal? Weather, well, it can be weather. weather radio, it can be uh, navigation. It can be military. Um, it can be uh, aeronautical. I guess yeah, that's any kind of part of. Any kind of, uh, and these could be different widths. These could be different signals, timings, all kinds of stuff. Sure. Right? So if radar and RF are unfamiliar to you, which hopefully you're familiar with both if you're watching this show, uh, DFS may sound like a silly requirement at first. The reality is DFS serves a very important purpose because 802.11 wireless APs or any RF emitters have an immense negative impact on our radar systems, which I'll show you in a few minutes. It's true that radar systems blast out signals on the scale of megawatts, but their strength in sending radio signals out is mirrored on the receiving side. Because of high-gain antennas on radars, they can hear and see RF disruptions at a great distance. You may be thinking, really? How many businesses are near radar? And probably telling yourself, not many. The definition of near is complex. Standards define a few miles as being in very close proximity, and DFS documents reference specific requirements for anything within 35 kilometers or 21 miles of Doppler radar, TDWR, locations. Uh, Radar systems protected by the DFS standard come in many forms, including radar on boats, which we just kind of talked about, radars for TV weather stations, military radar, um, airports, and things like that. So in just the United States, there are 45 operational TDWR stations, uh, terminal Doppler weather radar. These are the ones that are scanning for storms and and stuff that pop up in the the U.S. Um, But when people uh, transmit on TDWR, which is 5600 illegally, then you're picking up or the weather radar is picking up your interference as weather, as rain or storms. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you watching from home, here's an example of one down in, uh, I believe it's around Australia, New Zealand area, where you can definitely tell that that's a radar uh, signal or somebody on the radar signal using a wireless radio to uh, transmit across the, the water there. So that's showing up as interference on their radar scanning system. I see. It's see the yellow. It's, it has the characteristics of the scatter, the uh, the, uh, uh, the the water and scatter and uh, um, precipitation uh, uh, on, as it's seen off coast on the in the yellow here over here. So 
it's kind of very similar. Right. Uh, and and there's almost 20,000 airports in the U.S. alone. So if you're transmitting illegally on a DFS band, you have a risk of causing uh, air traffic control uh, interference of some kind, people yep. picking up planes or, or interference they think might be planes and causes uh, chaos and confusion at the, the tower. You definitely don't want to do that. So in the U.S., there's more spectrum available that is non-DFS than there is in Europe. So Europe is mainly, or at least Etsy regulations are mainly just DFS. Hmm. So they have much lower transmit powers than, than what we can do here in the U.S. But when you're in a DFS channel, um, max TX power is 24 uh, dB in our radios. Um, I believe that ERP is max of 30 in the DFS channel. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Europe, I... I'm not sure. I think it's probably the same thing. Yeah, it's really dependent upon the country and their regulations per country. So what's what's the law on this? I, I've got a note here. By law, any and all 5 gigahertz uh, uh, radios must compl- have the ability to detect radar signals as well as, the, as to automatically uh, vacate the existing channel immediately. Right. So if they detect that, they've got to move off right away. So what do our radios do? Right, so uh, ours uh, will listen for 60 seconds. There's a 60-second listening period, and then uh, before any link association, um, and then they'll go back. Um, or if a, a qualifying radar signal is found, the radio will vacate for 30 minutes. So I guess it looks like they'll listen for 60. Uh, if they find a credible radar uh, signal, they'll move off, right? Within and 10 then, seconds, yeah. Right, within 10 seconds. And then in, ten, in Europe, is, this, is similar or different? There's just like 10 minutes in Europe or something. Yeah, I'm not really sure in Europe. Okay. Um, So what are the frequencies that are used by radar and weather radar? Where in the 5 gig band does it start and where does it stop? Right. I've got a note. Let's see. Public safety. 49, 4.9 down in public safety and up. I need the chart. You get the chart up? Mm, What's a, I can get the, to the chart. What are the uh, parts of the spectrum? It's a quiz. I'm just trying to see if you know. <laughs> I'll tell you which ra- radios we have, uh, and then when we get to the public safety th- part of it. We'll so share. I believe it's 5250 all the way up to 5725. 5250. Yep. And it really depends on the size of the channel that you're right. occupying as well. So. And there's also some exclusions that are or restrictions in the middle of that band that you can't use at all, which uh, – 5350 to 5470 is completely locked out. And then 5600 will be locked out if you're near a TDWR station. That's right. Yeah. So if you're using a Mimosa radio that has GPS, that'll lock that automatically. If you're using one that doesn't, there will be a lock in there initially until you actually put your correct GPS coordinates in there. So uh, that's one way to know that you're in a TDWR zone. You can use our design tool. And you can actually enable TDWR radar stations and see those on the map as well. Um, we've had plenty of people come in the chat in the past going, why can't I use this spectrum or why does it keep pushing me out of this channel? Well, it's because you're too close to a TDWR weather station. and We certainly don't want you to get fined, and we certainly don't want to get fined from the FCC. Right. So here's an example of our spectrum graph from a, a 5 gig radio. So in the U.S., you can see the uh, restrictions in red. Um, from 49 to 5150, 
and then you've got another restriction from 5350 to 5470 and then you've got a gray exclusion there for 5600 which is the TDWR um, if we put GPS coordinates in this particular radio it'd probably go away but again if you're anywhere near one it's going to stay yeah, so that exclusion there, you, you cannot even select it if it's uh, detected a radar. Uh, 5600 to 5680 is traditionally what uh, time Doppler uh, radar uh, frequency in, in the United States. So uh, you're not going to be able to select that, that frequency. So you're actually locked out purposely. Right. So I know that there have been people who've come to chat before who say, my other vendor will allow me to operate in these channels or they will let me operate at full power. Why don't you do that? Why can they do that when you can't? Um, I don't know if I have a good answer for that, but maybe one of you guys do. Well, I think one of it has to do with the leniency or the uh, restrictions that that manufacturer has placed on the spectrum. I know that there's some vendors out there that give the operator the ability to turn off or turn on those restrictions. Uh, Mimosa is elected to uh, be more strict in that respect to ensure that we meet the FCC requirements and locking out that frequency if there's by chance, in this case here, I detected a TDWR uh, signal. Right. So if you guys have been around the, the WISP uh, industry for a long time, you will know that people who transmit in frequencies that are restricted, uh, well, once they've gotten caught by the FCC, has caused issues for the rest of the WISP operators. Uh, so that's why we uh, at Mimosa, again, have elected to close those frequencies off for those guys because we didn't want to even give you the opportunity to transmit in those frequencies because we want to try and stay on good terms with the FCC and those involved with those frequencies. Absolutely. Compliance right off the gate. I know uh, a few years ago we had a customer who uh, literally had a knock and notice from the FCC where uh, they were transmitting in a DFS frequency and they were actually interfering with uh, the uh, local airport. And literally FCC came to their door uh, and had a cease and desist uh, uh, order in their hands saying, okay, you need to stop whatever you're doing here because you're literally affecting uh, aeronautical uh, radar. So uh, they do do that. It's, you know, it's not an urban legend, but in fact, uh, FCC will contact you and show up in person. So you don't want that experience because typically there's a find involved at that point. Right. So the next few slides here, for those of you watching, uh, for those of you listening, it's just uh, information on channels that are uh, open or not open and, and how open these channels are. Uh, it's, uh, it's a page on Wikipedia about a WLAN uh, channel allocation in the U.S., Canada, Europe, and all around the world. So in this particular one, we have U.S., Canada, and Europe on here. Um, you can see that. Uh, it shows you the different channel sizes available and the channel channels itself available for use. So um, I'm going to scroll through these slowly so if you guys are watching, you can pause and kind of look at it. Or you can just go to the Wikipedia page and, and look at these as well. But you can see where uh, Canada and uh, Europe are a lot stricter on their, their spectrum than we are. And they have a lot less to work with as well. Um, 
All right, guys, do you have anything else you want to add on DFS? I know it's uh, extremely common uh, for chats. I know that's why we're doing this show. So if we haven't covered something, feel free to throw it in there real quick. Yeah, I think the one thing I would say is um, we see a lot of customers that may have unreasonable expectations about DFS. And if you always remember that you're the secondary operator in that spectrum and that you, by law, uh, have to vacate that channel within 10 seconds of a radar hit, uh, and you build that expectation into um, using that frequency, for lack of better terms, then I think everything will be okay. It's the folks that don't understand DFS at, that are trying to support a, a WISP uh, channel or a WISP backhaul, and the frequencies change on them, and they lose their link. So, um, you know, get yourself well well familiar with the DFS uh, usage in your area. Make sure that if you're near an airport, a military installation, or a time Doppler weather radar, that you build that expectation in that there's a fair to good chance that you may be reselected and uh, lose that channel. So uh, I think that's important to understand. Right. And another thing here that I just thought of is if you're in a DFS channel and your antenna gain is set to zero, mm -hmm. that makes your radio extra uh, sensitive to DFS uh, radar pulse uh, pulses. So if you're having uh, what we call false DFS hits, it probably means that you're set to zero antenna gain, which just makes your Super your receiver, or your receiver way more right. sensitive than it right. needs to be. How about the folks uh, trying to move up in frequency, try to get to, say, 6,200 or, or, or 6,400 uh, with some of the radios? To, they want to get out. They want to go higher, but they're using the same antennas that maybe have uh, a slope or, or limited frequency uh, uh, oper operating uh, that might cut off at 5,900, but they would like to push it up and, and go to 62, 6,400 with it. So that's something to look at it as well if you want to kind of get away from things. You've got the channel width in there, uh, but you just don't have the gain or uh, or the uh, the return loss on the, the, the dish is, uh, is kind of sloped off. Uh, so that's something to, uh, to to look at as well as far as uh, applying the, the putting the correct antenna with the uh, the correct radio. Yeah, we, we don't recommend going up in those frequencies unless your government allows it. I think the second thing is we definitely don't recommend using a antenna that's been uh, designed and, and the efficiency of the antenna is only yeah. for 5,100 to 5,900. Uh, we see a number of customers out of the country that are using uh, antennas that are not designed for the frequency and they're wondering why there's issues going on. Yeah. Typically it's because the efficiency of the antenna is not very good at that frequency. So if you do plan on going those frequencies, one, make sure it's legal, and secondly, make sure you have the right product and antenna that is purposely matched for that frequency. Okay, uh, one more thing here. Uh, I know we've talked about radar pulses and, and radar. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that look like to our radio? How, how many pulses do they need before they trigger DFS? Is that something that we know? I think it's in, in the papers. The well, there's a, there's a number of different radar signals. Uh, pulse width, you have pulse repetition frequency, PR, yep. and then you also have pulse, burst, pul pulse per burst for each PRF. So um, best thing to do is to look that up online. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, uh, if we don't have anything else, I guess that's all for this one. All right. Um, good. If, if you have trouble with DFS, feel free to come visit. Yeah, Mimosa Support would be glad to, to help you out. Um, other than that, we'll see you next time on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in. 
please hit the subscribe or follow button to stay up to date with our latest podcast, which will be available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. 